We've got a lot of news about a certain film franchise this week. That's right, it's Star Wars. And welcome back to Zero Credits, the show where we talk about things. My name's Henry. And my name's How's It Going Back There Are Two. Wow! John. Together. <laughs> Together. <laughs> And together we're Henry and John coming at you to discuss the cultural happenings of that there zeitgeist. Wow, that's that was, the one that's really fast. It's the one quote from Star Wars I know. How's it going back there are two? Wow. Yeah, that's a pretty good quote. Uh my favorite quote is the sand one, of course. Yeah, the the sand one where he's like, I killed them all, the sand, the women. Yeah, no, it's when Obi-Wan Kenobi is introduced on in uh, A New Hope, and he goes, what the fuck is all this fucking sand? <laughs> Listen, the only quotes I like, you know, I, we like to keep up with the zeitgeist here. The only quotes I like are from episodes 7, 8, and 9, you know, the best ones. Oh, yeah, the be- the, yeah, the trilogy sequel. Wait. My favorite. <laughs> Gotta be my, the, yeah, the trilogy sequel. My favorite one. <laughs> Has got a, I mean, it is the only sequel that is a trilogy, I guess. Yeah. Uh, my favorite one is when Adam Driver, you know, everyone's favorite character, is introduced and he goes, I'm Rilo Kylie. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's the best. It's the best one. My favorite. Okay. So, legitimately, my best, my best, my best scene, mm-hmm. my favorite scene, and arguably the best scene in all of the uh, sequel trilogy is when Adam Driver gets really mad at his wife and punches a wall. Yeah, it's really, really good. It's, like, so raw and, like, you can't even really tell they're in Star Wars because it seems like they're in just, like, a suburban house on the planet Earth. I think I know where you're wrong. No. That's what's called backstory. Uh, what? It's backstory? What's backstory? The marriage story is backstory. Of what? The Star Wars? No, it's like the last one. Yeah, no, so sometimes movies will like hold put on, events hold that on. happen John, in John. the past. I hear what you're saying, but we all know it goes Force Awakens, The uh-huh. Last Jedi, Marriage Story. <laughs> that is the sequel trilogy, right? Yeah, no, it informs... The previous two, it's what's called in movie making a it's flashback. The, it's the, no, 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 it's the ending of the saga. All of my, all of my questions were answered. <laughs> yeah, your questions were answered in the past, in the marriage story. No, but it came out after, so it was in the future. Listen, we don't have to agree on this, but it's a basic tenet of filmmaking that if you make a movie about a marriage, it takes place in the past. <laughs> There's a, there's a classic rule. I don't know. Okay. I, I'm I'm a little bit of a writer. There's a classic rule that marriages always take place before it, wars. Marriages before wars. Yeah. We yeah. that old adage. Yeah. Marriages before it's marriages, and then <laughs> it's the classic comedy and then tragedy, and then uh, denouement. It's all over. Yeah, denouement. It's all over. You get to go home. That's my yeah. favorite part of every story. You get to go home. You can't go home. If you're watching a movie and a marriage has not happened immediately preceding a war, you can't go home. Because the story's not over yet. That's how you know it's over. Yeah, that's what, so that's what made marriage stories so unique was that they waited until the end mm-hmm. 
to show you the marriage that would would that should have happened before the Star War. Yeah, that's why when it starts, you're like, this is just a war. Where's all, the marriage? All these movies have been a war. What's happening? And then, the, obviously, in the prequels, there's a marriage, and that makes everything make sense. But in this one, you're like, oh, well, so you, it, it's, this yeah. is how George it's, Lucas is an incredible called, filmmaker. With these it's called a misdirect. Films. Yeah, the yeah. marriage that happens in the prequel trilogy, we all know, is a misdirect. Yeah. Because it, it doesn't have Adam Driver in it. And of course, per, all nine of these movies, perfect execution of George Lucas's vision. Of course, George Lucas directing every single one of them yeah. uh, with no exceptions. This is the, it took him 60, <laughs> 60. Most of his life. <laughs> yeah. That's, <laughs> Star Wars has been around for 60 years. We all know uh, it. We all know it. Uh, yeah. Damn close, actually. Star Wars has been around for 60 years, and this is, he totally, he, over 60 years, he inverted it. Yeah, a 60-year inversion, just like Wagner. I only weep for those who died before the marriage story. Story, yeah. Sorry, I was going to finish it if you didn't. I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, so anyway. we actually are going to talk about some Star Wars news later in the program. Uh, yes, I'm British, so I say program. Uh, but for now, John, how you doing? Uh, I'm good. I started a new job, so I'm very tired. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's not that the new job is hard. No new job is hard unless, like, your new job is actually, like, you know, a job that requires you to, like, be physically present, especially if it involves you, like, physically exerting yourself in some way. You know, the vast majority of jobs uh, those are hard. The kind of jobs that I get, uh, the first few months aren't that hard, but you're just kind of tired because people are sending you instant messages all the time. Yeah. So you get sleepy. There's nothing more draining than just a couple of Slack messages in a row. It's unbelievable because, like, we've talked about this on the podcast. I don't come from, like, a hyper-white-collar background and have worked very hard jobs where... I was expected to do work that would destroy my spine from day one. Uh, and those jobs felt more energizing than my current job where I have to, like, wait on my boss to slack me for two hours. Waiting is exhausting. We all know it. Yeah, it, it's. I think the reason it's exhausting is we all know that we're doing something fake and we're just afraid we're going to be found out. Well, that and with waiting, you know it's going to end and the, the 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 anticipation is really the killer because it's like I know this is go- it's not going to last, so I can't start anything. Yeah, because I can't get into anything. Is that I might miss the, the like the end of the waiting period, so it's, it might as well just end now. Especially if you if you're brand new to a job and you like send your boss a message and it's a very long message and the answer to it kind of influences how you're going to behave in the job role. And then two hours later, they just send like, they send back like ops <laughs> and you're like, okay, cool. I'll, I'll interpret that uh, as I will. Being a new hire at a white collar job is the, is the fakest yet most tiring thing in the world. Yeah. I, I didn't have a real job assignment at the job I have now for the first three months it's so I can pull back the curtain a little bit. Uh, no one will dox me. I hope 
two jobs ago, I guess three jobs ago, but two jobs ago, I worked in like financial services, very slow, pl- slow paced, understandable. And then I worked at a startup for a while where I was expected to be producing things from day one. I was stressed out all the time. I was working probably a lot harder than I let on in my social circles. And now I've moved back to a large company and the whiplash is, is very real. I, I don't imagine I'll be producing anything for months and yet I'm I'm so tired and I'm so anxious every day. That's how they get you. Yeah. At least I'll be going to Portland, I guess. They got good coffee there. That's what I've heard Seattle better. No, no, no. I heard the real good coffee's in Portland. Yeah. They uh they harvest it from the uh sweaty forest themselves. Henry, I heard you crack a drink open. I did. It's just a Coke Zero. Don't get excited. Are you still not drinking during the week? Uh, I've slipped here and there. I will be honest. Uh, when I when I have phone calls with my writer friend, it gets really, really uh, tempting to, to slip a few drinks back. So that that's happened a few times. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, I mean, some of these weeks have been kind of stressful. So, <laughs> Yes. Uh, uh, but I, I, try, I, I try to, to keep, it, keep it kosher. Yeah, I, I think that's laudable. I also try to limit my drinking during the week as I'm actively trying to lose weight for an upcoming uh, major event. social and life event. Uh, however, tonight I am drinking Early Times Bottled in Bond bourbon. It's Ooh, quite good. That sounds... Bottled in what? Bo- are you not familiar with Bottled in Bond no, is that like uh, a wartime effort that an old-timey government would enact? I think it was actually something enacted by an old-timey government, but I would like to drop a bourbon life hack. Bourbon life hack. A BB, wait, a B, BLH, uh, for anyone did you listening. Try to, wait, did you try to initialize all my stuttering, bourbon? You were like, BB? Is that what happened? It might be what what happened. Uh, okay. I, I was trying to say what a burger earlier, but I was looking at optometrist, so I said what a vision. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to what a vision. <laughs> Tell us about bourbon bottled and bond. Wait, what? Yeah, so so bottled and bond is a uh, standards practice in bourbon distilling, where if you produce a bourbon that is bottled in bond, uh, which means it. Uh, conforms to these standards. It is of one distillation, uh, which means it isn't a blend. Uh, so it's one casking. It has to be at least 100 proof or 50% alcohol. And it has to meet a very specific grain bill, which means it keeps corn down. And that's it's not a bad thing. It's just a relatively low low corn profile. And bourbon tends to make them taste like richer and more bourbony, but also to be bottled in bond, you have to be sold under a certain price point. So if you see a bottled in bond bourbon, it's going to be pretty hot because it has a pretty high ABV at 50%, but it's going to be cheap and really high quality. Uh, So if you're a casual bourbon drinker who has like one drink a week, you really can't go go wrong with bottled in bond because every one is like less than $20 a bottle. That sounds like a good deal. 
It's a great deal, only if you like bourbon. Like, the Bourbon's the fine. cost to entry is enjoying bourbon because they taste very bourbony and they're pretty... Yeah. They're pretty hot, pretty dry alcohol-wise, so you have to be into it to begin with. You can with. just mix it with something, you'll be fine. Oh, bottled and bond bourbons are great mixers. Like an Evan yeah. Williams or an Early Times, they make phenomenal whiskey and Cokes. Yeah, I like whiskey. I like a whiskey and Coke, for sure. Yeah, but this is uh, John's weekly bourbon life hack. As he John's weekly bourbon life hack. Also, if you can find Early Times, it's one of the better ones. All right, I'll, I'll keep an eye out for it at my local Burbadashery. Burbadashery, or Specs, or Twin Liquors, or... Total Wine? Uh, I don't go to Total Wine. It's national. <laughs> I thought you were like, it's nasty. <laughs> it's nasty. It's it... probably, it is almost certainly at Total Wine. So since the other two things I said are very regional, uh, yeah. go to your local Total Wine. Uh, I'm, I am... Always loyal to a total wine because I w- once went to an opening, an opening week of one, and they gave me two highball glasses. So, oh, nice, eternal, undying loyalty. I- I'm personally a Specs person because I like to keep it local. Uh, but every time I go to Specs, if I ask if they have a certain wine that I had at a party that I thought was very good, the guy always kind of laughs at me. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah. Which I don't know how to deal with. Yeah, it's only the wine guy. All the whiskey people are cool, but the wine guy always laughs at me. I, I've told my Specs story on the podcast before, but yeah, asking for help out of Specs is, is akin to just walking up to a stranger on the street and asking for the time. Uh, no one's going to give you the time of day. It, the most insulting one was there was a wine we had at a a party that I won't go into the, the details of because it's unimportant, but it was called like pie, P-I, and the bottle had like a bunch of symbols of pie on it. Uh, and it was it was very tasty, uh, very fruit forward. Uh, we asked the person at Total Wine, they're like, ha, 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 no, we do not carry pie. I was like, have people asked this? Like, give me context. Why are you reacting in this way to my what, request? What milk toast taste you have, <laughs> you plebeian? <laughs> we only have pie squared. It's really annoying because looking at this wine up, I'm like, okay, it's a relatively small vineyard it's in spain it appears to be not like a wine you can find in your average heb or target so this is probably like a mid-market wine that's respectable to the specs guy no it did not meet the specs guy's standards sorry he only drinks france ford coppola he only drinks the coppola that an educated guess which is located in your local heb I have, uh, I'm not a wine person, so I don't really know. I used to be. Then I discovered liquor. <laughs> I'm just a beer person. Beer's fine. I like a good brewery. I like, I like the atmosphere. Beer has a good atmosphere. <laughs> no, that is, like, I'm going to say 80% of the reason why I'm into beer is beer comes with a lot of accoutrement that's yeah. really enjoyable. Yeah, and beer, beer for me always pairs with like some of my most favorable types of food which is like the greasy pub food that is i know it's bad for me but it's like hey just drank like two beers need something in there to counteract the alcohol 
let me down these loaded fries. Oh, my my absolute favorite kind of brewery is one with a food truck on site where you can be like, I've had anywhere from two to 40 beers. I'd like a giant pile of seasoned French slash curly fries and a veggie burger. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't normally eat half a pizza, but right now <laughs> I, I have three beers in my stomach. So right now this pizza is basically medicine. <laughs> it's It's really... I can name four places off the top of my head that will give you an entire-ass pizza in probably less than 15 minutes at a brewery. It's dangerous. Yeah. It's like they know. They know that beer pairs well with the food that we don't seek out every day because we know it's bad for us. But if you drink some poison first, this (laughs) is the antidote. Humans are so strange. We're like, you know, there's... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> There's absolutely no way that I would eat a pizza entirely by myself. However, if I drank a couple quarts of poison, yeah. I could be convinced to eat that and some fried cheese sticks as well. <laughs> yes, for sure. Because, you know, it's only going to help you in the morning because you're going to have something in there. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be sitting on the toilet staring at the ground wishing you were dead. Yeah, no, that that won't happen at all. We don't talk about what's going to happen the next day. Yeah, it turns out that poison doesn't just make you feel funny. It affects every system of the body. It's like a cleanse because one way or another, everything in me is getting out. Yeah, everything's getting out of there one way or the other. All right, let's quickly move away. What? We've only talked about Star Wars on the toilet. Yeah, we're going to get back to Star Wars in a second, but I did... You, you mentioned doxing previously. Uh, you, I did. You said he, yeah, you said you didn't want to dox yourself, and I, I, I glomped onto that. Because for weeks now, I've been wanting to give shout-outs to our fans who interact with us on Twitter. And I've done this so often, they're starting to write us to just like say, just fucking do it, you coward. So let's, right here, right now, we got permission, John, to dox one of our fans. We got permission to dox? Yes. Wait, D-O-C-S, which means put out their documents, or D-O-X-X, give out their address? D-O-X-X, but with a caveat that we're just, we're finally identifying one of our longstanding fans. Yes. Finally, we're going to drag them into the light like the worm they are. Yes. So uh, those of you who have listened to the podcast before have heard us talk about an Eric. Mm. Uh, You would be surprised to learn her name is not Eric at all. Uh, Her name is Ashley. And uh, she hereby gives ZCPCWHJ permission to use my full name on their podcast, also, I'm so honored that y'all think I could stomach academia for long enough to get a doctorate. Chagirl bounced at her master's, LOL. I mean, and doing then, better than me. And then she hashtagged the Michael B. Jordan of podcasts, <laughs> which I'm, I, I, was that a reference to something? It, it, enti- it, it might be, but I'm flattered in any case. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so no, f- from this f- moment forward, uh, 
Eric is now Ashley. We can we can reveal that, and we'll call her by her first name. I'm not going to give her a full name out. I'm yeah, still not no. comfortable with that. But we have permission, but I'm still not going to do it. No, I, I'm perfectly comfortable saying that Eric is now uh, Ashley, yeah. <laughs> officially. That is their real name, and they are a, a, a beloved fan of the show, personal friend. Uh, thank you, Ashley. And their address is... So send them your well wishes. Oh my gosh. Or whatever you wish to send. Oh no! You gotta keep it at least positive. Yeah, no, no, no. Send anything that is positive. Alright. And so now I can finally, with that context, I can finally talk about the comment that I've been saving for weeks. This is in reference to our The Batman Supplemental Reading. Oh, so what a if good you have time not that listened, was. Oh, I should rewatch that movie. If you have not listened to our The Batman Supplemental Reading, please go do that. Because otherwise you're not going to understand this comment. Uh, also, John, I don't understand this comment. So please help me remember because my memory is bad. I'll try. Uh, Ashley writes in, thank you for mentioning the saw thing. Also, this Riddler is 100% a mix between a femme-presenting person's nightmare slash serial killer and a fucking QAnon superfan. Both are terrifying. Oh, I finished this tweet and then John said the thing. I mean, I I think I know where they're going with that. Yeah, please, please enlighten me, because I don't remember. I mean, what what part are you not clear on? What was the Saw thing? I mean, the the Saw thing is that the this movie is a lot like Batman solving the plot of a A Saw Saw movie movie. slash seven. Wow. All right. Well, that, yeah. Cool. I, I agree. It absolutely is. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I just, I couldn't relate the comment to the episode for some reason. Uh, but then in addition, I believe maybe I was laying out potentially uh, to, to read into it, maybe too much. Uh, I was read. I was uh, uh, talking about how I think about 50% of the inspiration for this Riddler was QAnon slash yes. incel culture. Absolutely. For sure. Which to be clear is the best part of that Riddler. Yeah way more than the other things they do with the Riddler, for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so if you want to hear, I was just going to tie this up into an ad. If you <laughs> if you want to hear more of our comments about the Batman, go check out that the Batman supplemental reading on our feed. Uh, thank you, Ashley, for writing in. Uh, write into us. We'll dedicate half an episode to it. I mean, sure. We'll dedicate half an episode to anything at this point. Exactly. Just like we're about to dedicate half an hour half an episode, excuse me, to the latest and greatest Fast and Furious news. That's right. We're going to talk about Star Wars a little bit later. Uh, But for now, we've got some late-breaking Fast and Furious moves. The news cow is full, John. (laughs) (laughs) The news cow is full to bursting. (laughs) It's full to bursting, and it is full of Fast and Furious moves. Yeah. (laughs) It needs to be heard. Henry, I'll give you permission. Go ahead and milk that news cow. All right. Well, I've got a little bit of Fast and Furious news. John uh, is teasing something uh, more substantial later. Uh, But for now, uh, even though 
the production has been going on. Filming for this movie has been going on for a couple of weeks now. There was a, a slight hitch and that they needed to find a new director. Slight uh, hitch. You know, sl- you know, sl- <laughs> slight hitch director who had created the best versions of those movies and was a longtime friend of the franchise yeah. quit over and made. Slight hitch. Slight hitch. Um, but yes. So about two weeks into getting a new director, whose name I will not remember, uh, there was a casting announcement, John. Oh, two right. Weeks, two weeks into filming, they announced uh, the cast has been completed with an Alan Richson mm-hmm. of the Jack Reacher series on Amazon Prime uh, being cast as something in the movie. I mean, we just have to hope that he's at least being cast as a bad boy with a little bit of panache. So you had you brought up previously on this podcast that maybe there was a late villain addition mm-hmm. which caused Justin Lin to exit the program. I'm wondering if Alan Richson, Richson that's an awkward name. I want to say Richardson, but it's not. I, I wonder if Alan Richson is that late addition villain. Now, I don't know because I, I think in the press releases that followed Jason Momoa's casting, there was language that he was the villain. The uh, villain. But it, it's entirely possible maybe there's like uh, two villains. I do want to take a moment to say for Alan Richson, uh, that's his name, right? Alan? Alan. A-L-A-N. Uh, for, uh, Alan, for Alan Richson's part, and we're never going to get a chance to talk about this again in the podcast, the Jack Reacher books are a guilty pleasure of mine circa... Eight years ago, maybe. Uh, There were Jack Reacher movies that came out with Tom Cruise. Horrible casting choice. If you read any of those books, Jack Reacher is a massive seven-foot-tall monster who listens to jazz in his head and kills people. Yeah, Uh, Jack Reacher is a monster. It's a a feature of of the series that Jack Reacher is this hulking figure of a man. Uh, who can also just kind of blend into a crowd mysteriously. Yeah. Like that, that's supposed to be a feature of these. And then you have Tom Cruise, who is, you know, five foot something. It doesn't quite translate. Yeah, and extremely notable. I think Alan Richson is a great Jack Reacher. And if anyone wants books that are like uh, slightly less conservative Tom Clancy. I'm going to say Jack Reacher is the military fiction version of the Dresden Files. Oh, okay. Uh, No, I think the Jack Reacher books are like totally worth reading. Uh, They're, they're fun, super pulpy. I think Alan Rich is a great casting choice. And I think he would have been a great casting choice for Fast and Furious, maybe three movies ago. It is very odd to cast this person who I don't think reads to me as anything other than a member of, the familia this um, late i'm super concerned uh and i'm basing everything off the rumors that maybe there was a late villain addition and i think we're heading in quickly um maybe fastly and furiously into a spider-man 3 territory where there's just too much going on they're, they're serving too many masters where they're forcing venom into it yeah yeah I think Alan Ritson might be the venom of this series and that he's just going to be like too, uh, a hat on a hat, too many villains. 
I hope not. I really like the actor. I watched a uh, deplorable, horrible show called Blue Mountain State, uh, in which he plays Thad something or other, the like a, a football player. It's not a good show, but he but does Alan a great. Alan Richardson is great. He does a great job in the show for sure. Yeah. Absolutely, he was great in Hunger Games, and uh, he he was great on his guest spot on Brooklyn Nine Nine, where he played a younger. Uh, I think he played Scully. I don't know if you're familiar with that show, uh, I'm but not. but I li- I really like the actor. I hope he he lands a good role in this film. Uh, if anything, he could be a young Vin Diesel. <laughs> oh, that'd be. <laughs> we already have our young Vin Diesel, though. We like, d- our young well, Vin Diesel was already cast, but like aged up a little bit, <laughs> aged past the point. <laughs> so what's interesting is when they ca- when they create a young Vin Diesel, they went. More Latino, <laughs> and then as he ages up, much less Latino yeah. than he is in reality, and then like, the current version. So, I think really what it is. This is I don't want to say this. Never mind. They're they're casting different actors depending on the t- the level of tan the character <laughs> of Don Toretto had at, at the time possible. of the flashback. It is entirely possible. It's like uh, no, no, no. I, I tanned a lot. And before, you know, whatever traumatic event this is. So this will be the other actor. This this is my, this is my issue is that I am very much behind Alan Richardson getting cast in almost anything because he's a phenomenal actor. He's a massive, huge man. Uh, I think that he fills a niche in almost every role that Hollywood really wants right now because he's very charismatic, has great range, and is also like seven feet tall and 300 pounds. Uh, he's like the perfect man for modern Hollywood. Uh, I don't feel like you should be casting new people other than maybe a villain in the yeah. two penultimate entries in your series. I'm well, sorry. I'm sorry to. I'm sorry to Brie Larson and to Ratcatcher yeah. number two. But like, you, but, for the it, most part, you shouldn't be adding anyone other than like one familia member and one villain to these movies. Well, let's think about this logistically because this is two weeks into filming. Yes. The, the, another casting. Also, the fact that two weeks into filming, they could announce a casting change. Yeah. Incredible. This, well, it's just, it brings up a lot of questions. And I think to your point, you're, you are bringing up a lot of good points. Like, yeah, either you're adding a villain. It, it's too late to add to the crew. So what if we're finally getting the movie we've been begging for only with all recast people? There's finally an evil crew. <laughs> Maybe it's way too late in the series to do it, but Alan Richson would be a great evil Dom Toretto. Yeah, we lost John Cena, unfortunately, so he's out. Oh, and he, also, he was re- uh, to be clear, the fact that this movie series made John Cena a villain, incredible hat trick from yeah. this movie series, great. But they lost him, so like... Yeah, well, and they also redeemed him in the end, so he wasn't really a villain at the end. So he's What if John shit. Cena is not coming back for these last two movies? What the fuck was the point? I don't understand the point anymore. Yes, okay. I, we've all lost the thread. Yeah. And at this point, making an evil crew makes no sense because honestly, you would want to grab villains from the past movies. The only problem is all the villains from the past movies besides Cypher have joined the Familia. So there's no one to pick from. Evil crew happens in movies six, seven or eight, maybe. Yeah. Evil crew is not a final two entries edition. Okay, you're right. But this... This franchise, if we've learned nothing, 
doesn't really play by the rules. It's true. In terms of pacing. So I think Evil Crew might happen. I think Jason Momoa is a great evil The Rock, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I think Alan Richson is a great evil Vin Diesel. I think Ratcatcher No. Holy shit! I think Daniela Melchior is an amazing evil Michelle Rodriguez. I think we just cracked the code. Holy shit! I think we just cracked the code. Are the, you the kidding GD me? Code. Yeah. Brie Larson is a great evil Mia Toretto. <laughs> That's not going to happen. Well, as, considering they had to add her back into the film, yeah. Yeah, that's that's not going to happen. But I, I think we maybe figured, except when The Rock Johnson will not be back. So, like, no. Yeah. So his absence will be really felt. It'll be a really, <laughs> it'll be a heartfelt <laughs> moment. <laughs> They're going to have a Lord of the Rings style face off across a giant field. Yeah. And then each of them will be paired up with Jason their alternate. is staring nothing. <laughs> yeah, just into space. That's the panache. It's yeah, really, that's the panache. He's really pulling off. He, he The character really believes he's looking at uh, freaking Hobbs or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm sure they could deep fake Hobbs. They've done <laughs> more egregious things. Oh, no. Oh, no. Deep fake Hobbs. All right. Well, what is your Fast and Furious news, John? Oh, I have some huge Fast and Furious news. I, I know that what we talked about is obviously, you know, quote unquote, um, important because they're introducing a new cast member in Alan Richson, who once again, I have to say, is incredible. Alan People hire Alan Richson for things. Um, I have a little bit bigger news that exists outside of the Fast and Furious universe. And I oh. think impacts the world writ large. Oh my gosh. This comes from uh, CBR.com or comicbook.com. It has been more than four years since Vin Diesel revealed plans for a fourth Riddick movie and a tie-in oh. TV series. Yeah. Tentatively titled Riddick for Furia, Diesel said that the movie was ready to shoot in 2021, although it has not been clear how much pre-production work has actually been done on it, etc., etc. Vin Diesel's time of Riddick 4. I or think Vin... Not... Yeah. Yeah, there was four. a third Riddick? There was. So there's Pitch Black. Pitch Black. The Chronicles of Riddick. Yes. And then the Chronicles of Riddick Narnia? <laughs> okay, yeah. So Pitch Black, Chronicles of Riddick. There was a third movie called Riddick. Okay. That, uh, from what I remember, did not do well. Uh, well, Vin Diesel just shared some storyboard panels and said, finally got a chance to see some of the new Riddick materials that DT sent over. Of course, referring to the director, uh, like Daniel Tuhi or something. Uh, wow, exciting is an understatement. Furia, happy creative Sunday. All love, period, always. Uh, once again, a, a, a phenomenal... <laughs> a phenomenal Vin Diesel I'm Instagram post. I'm starting to think uh, Vin Diesel's not the Q mastermind I thought he was. Happy Creative Sunday. Um, always. Always. All love always. Um, I wonder if he added that once people started reading in some sinister intentions to his Instagram posts. I've got to let him know it's all about the love and the Riddick. Always. 
I mean, yeah. So Chronicles of Riddick, for those of you who don't know the history of this time-honored franchise, uh, Mr. Diesel, if I may call him such, agreed to be in the stinger of Tokyo Drift and do a fourth Fast and Furious movie in order to be able to make the Chronicles of Riddick. Yes. Uh, so uh, going back maybe a little bit further, Vin Diesel was a character in this movie called Pitch Black, which was uh, pretty decent as far as two th- the year 2000 uh, horror action movie, sci-fi movies go. I think Pitch Black kind of holds up. It's got a an incredibly rich and off-putting lore <laughs> that is expanded by the fact that apparently the only thing about Pitch Black that people resonated with was the character of Riddick and then went on to make additional movies four years in the future, including uh, an incredible video game. Yes. Uh, the, the video game was so good. Yeah. I rented that motherfucker from Gamefly three times. Yeah, Chronicles of Richard Butcher Bay. <laughs> did you say Chronicles of Richard? I did. <laughs> I think I think yeah, Richard. I get, I got Richard on the plane. Richard. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! The Chronicles of Richard Butcher. There's, Bay. Pitch, there's pitch Black. There's the Chronicles, Chronicles of, of Richard. Richard. There's the Chronicles of Richard Dark Fury, and then the third movie, Richard. <laughs> Richard, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Did, did you think his name was Riddick? Uh, yeah, no, it's short for Richard. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, Butcher Bay was yes. a fantastic game by all accounts. A uh, phenomenal game made by um, some studio whose name I can't remember. Probably doesn't exist anymore. Probably doesn't. Those old uh, Xbox games, those studios really worked their asses off. And, and what then, good did it do? Yeah, then they were dissolved. Uh, but uh, yes. Uh, all right. So yeah. So that's what he's. So he's planning his next moves. He's like, I got to get away, fast and furious from this franchise, and I'm going to land on the franchise that I've always claimed to love, but no one else seems to. The Richard series. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know what the move here is. I don't know what the appetite for additional Richard movies is. I just want to uh, but, look up his age. He's 54 years old. Jesus so Christ. I, I guess he's like, I gotta do... I gotta do well by this this franchise that I fought for over the years before I can no longer do it. I don't know. but I mean, I, th- I think it's... If we've learned one thing about Vin Diesel, uh, Vincent Diesel, is that he kind of doesn't let things go. Yeah. I think if there's one personality trait that we can identify from the, like, even going back to uh, the fourth Fast and Furious movie, which I think was just called Fast and Furious. It was. That was when we started to get hints that Vin Diesel would fight hard for him not to lose fights. That was exacerbated in fast five and then has just blown up exponentially over the last like 10 years is that like, if he gets an idea in his head, he really doesn't change his mind about maybe he's still pot committed to the character of Riddick. 
<laughs> all this it, it's, uh, it's okay you, you've seen all the harry potter movies right everyone even the second part of the last movie yeah so it, it's that scene between snape and dumbledore only in this case it's vin diesel and i guess somebody else and the other person goes like really after all this time chronicles of riddick <laughs> and he just goes Always. <laughs> always. All love. Always. <laughs> always. All love. All Riddick. Always. Even then, though yeah. apparently the this Riddick movie came out in 2013, so like, hold on. I had all this timeline out. but it, it, Yeah, so Pitch Black was 2000. Chronicles of Riddick was 2004. Nine years later, Riddick. J- I mean, just Riddick. I've never seen Riddick, but I do want to put you in the mind of the 15-year-old John that existed between the release of Pitch Black, which I love horror movies, I love sci-fi movies, of course I saw Pitch Black, and then The Chronicles of Riddick. The Chronicles of Riddick video game comes out in the intervening time between those two franchises, and it rips like the chronicles of riddick is a great video game and i was completely sold on the character i was a i was a riddick super fan in the year 2003 i guess uh and then the chronicles of riddick came out and it is uh henry you know me as a person I'm yeah. I'm kind of an action movie aficionado. I You like the action movies. As far as action movies go, I I tend to be critical, but I if they're well made, huge fan. Like action movies are far and away my favorite genre. The Chronicles of Riddick in terms of action movies and maybe movies as a whole, one of the most poorly executed things I've ever seen. <laughs> There it's was there was the a lot. action sequences in the Chronicles of Riddick. I dare you to watch the Chronicles of Riddick in any large format and not be made sick. Like oh, the yeah. editing of the Chronicles of Riddick will make you throw up. It is an yeah. awful, awful, awful movie. <laughs> well, I thought it, yeah, I thought it was going to be a flop, but apparently it uh, it doubled its budget in the box office. So. Really. It brought in $93 million on a $40 million budget. So technically a success. People love Riddick. People love the Riddick. So I guess Mr. Diesel, if I can call him such, is in a good bargaining position to bring back Riddick uh, almost 10 years later. I mean, that Instagram what, what, post has 150,000 likes. Yeah. What will most certainly be 10 years later? Because it's not coming out this year. Yeah, certainly not. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so I guess look look forward to a new Riddick movie. I, got, I guess I got to go see Riddick somewhere. I mean, uh, I kind of want to. I At this point, uh, life is strange. And until I start recounting how into the character of Riddick I was in like 2003, just two short years after the towers fell. Uh, Why didn't the realize fuck? <laughs> It's insane to me that, like, almost 20 years, I guess, basically 20 years have passed since I had an Xbox and was really into that game and was just starting to form my opinions about... uh, I'm having an existential moment. We can talk about something else. All right. Yeah, we can. 
Uh, so we'll look forward to more Riddick news, I guess. I don't know. We're, st- we're still in this Vin Diesel train forever. We can never get off. Mr. Bones, I'm tired of your wild ride. Uh, but if you want some sci-fi in the near future, boy, do I got news for you, John. <gasps> That's right. We're finally going to talk about Star Wars. Oh, well, Star Wars are it's fantasy movies. They take place in the past. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, the, the delineation between science fiction and fantasy isn't actually based on the content. It's based on whether they take place before or after the present day. Right. Okay, I, I didn't know that. I thank you for illuminating me. Um, but those I'm, I'm of a you, little bit of a film buff, so... I hear you. I hear you. Those of you who are familiar with Star Wars knows that there was a lot of Star Wars buzz at the end of that Star Wars movie. Uh, the knife one, the return of the Skywalkers. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> that had Ray and Poe Dameron in it. Yeah, it seemed it seemed like maybe the uh, Disney, who owns the franchise, were are hot on the heels to uh, strike while the iron was hot. But uh, then everyone kind of cooled off a little bit, and uh, the future of the film series has been sort of up and up in the air. Meanwhile, Disney Plus they're banging out hit after hit. Um, but amidst all that, there were rumors that Ryan Johnson, the director of the Last Jedi, was going to get a Star Wars trilogy. Wait, no, or no, don't don't tease me like this. Um uh, look, there was a time when Lucasfilms was so pleased with director Ryan Johnson's work on Star Wars The Last Jedi, they announced that Johnson would spearhead a new trilogy of films. I mean, rightfully so. They sh- they they were rightfully impressed. Yeah. Considering he made the only good one of those. It was announced uh yesterday. The good trilogy was was Rogue One and then The Last Jedi and then all of Alden Ehrenreich's parts of Solo. That was the only good trilogy that happened there. Uh, Kathleen Kennedy has been on a tirade of, of uh, just announcing things on the internet. Or maybe there was an interview. I'm not really doing too deep of a deep dive on this. But she announced that Ryan Johnson's Star Wars trilogy has been delayed at Lucasfilm. Oh. That Ryan, makes me sad. <laughs> to quote her, uh, Ryan has been unbelievably busy with Knives Out and the deal that he made at Netflix for multiple movies. I hate to use the word trilogies anymore because Star Wars is much more about persistent storytelling. I mean, I I think that's fair, but I also think with Disney's current business model, it doesn't make sense to tie anyone to a trilogy. I don't know that anything has been signed. I'd love a Ryan Johnson Star Wars trilogy. Uh, yeah, that would be great. he made the only good one of them. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're in agreement there. I know that's going to polarize half the audience, but frankly, I don't care. Uh, Last Jedi was the, uh, the best one of the sequel trilogy. I am not someone... So... Through the Last Jedi supplemental reading, I think both of us came to the realization that it was a great, groundbreaking movie. Um, I'm not one who holds opinions on media that I would stake my reputation and relationships on. But the one that I would is that The Last Jedi is the best one of those movies and is the only one that is like even close to being like as good as any of the six previous full-length Star Wars movies. Oh, absolutely, for sure. 
Yeah, no question. Like it's the it's the only genuinely like I it will it will polarize an audience, but yeah, I will stri- I will stake my reputation on it. it. It's certainly the only movie that has anything original or is trying to do something original, um, other than just drag out a a story <laughs> that was honestly wrapped up. I mean, listen, I wish I had the brass balls that it took to write the script for a ninth movie. And my literal answer to how to solve a problem is pull the past out of the fucking dirt because yeah. there's no new ideas. There's no new ideas. Literally. We're going to retread L- all the literally old res- Literally resurrect the past because nothing yeah. new can be interesting. Like, I mean, it's, it's total, total artistic abandon. Real coward shit. Honestly, uh, the somehow Palpatine return line should have just been in that ninth movie. Because, <laughs> I mean, if you have no other ideas, you, that's what you're going to do in the 12th I, movie? 11th? I, wait, 9th, 10th, 11th? Oh, oh, wait, yeah. What I'm trying to say is it should have been in the 7th movie. Yes. Uh, I, yeah, I, I, I cannot. Yeah. I, I cannot more vehemently communicate my genuine disrespect for the ninth movie and then my large disappointment in the sixth movie. Yeah. Uh, not sixth, seventh. Seventh. Uh, it gets so confusing. It anyway, gets super confusing. So um, you might be wondering, John, it's been a while since we've gotten one of the Star Wars movies. The last mm-hmm. one we got was what? Solo? Sure. Was yeah. Solo before The Last Skywalker? I don't remember. I feel like The Last Skywalker happened and then they were like, everybody just fucking cool off and I'm yeah. going to talk about Star Wars for me. Here's The Mandalorian. I don't, yeah. I, I honestly don't know the timeline. Um, but the, uh, let's recall there were several projects announced that, after all, uh, D&D, the, the idiots who ruined Game of Thrones mm-hmm. wrapped up that Game of Thrones shit so quick so they could start their own Star Wars trilogy. And mm-hmm. that, we all know, was canceled. Great. So what, Perfect outcome. Yeah, what's left? What's left out there? Well, I'll tell you what's left. Uh, Taika Waititi has a mysterious Star Wars project that's going to be the next franchise film. Sure. I'd be down. Uh, Taika Waititi, who is uh, known for Jojo Rabbit, Thor Ragnarok, Hunt the for Hunt the Wilder for the People, Wilder People, Boy, Boy, um, and who directed an episode of The Mandalorian, so he's familiar with it. He has a new series called Our Flag Means Death, and uh, here's just a, a small list of his projects that he's going to be working on in the near fu- future. Uh, Flash Gordon, Akira, The End Call, Next Goal Wins the Time Bandit series, and of course, Thor Love and Thunder, which is coming out this year. Yes. So yeah, he's going to have time to do a Star Wars movie. Absolutely. I I think the the fascination with Taika Waititi is really interesting in Hollywood, because I think people latched onto him very strongly, because he is one of the few creative voices in Hollywood right now that is strong enough to push through resistance. So oh, like, Absolutely. Because with Thor Ragnarok, that's where everyone fell in love with him. Because he's like, no, I, I, I have an artistic vision, and unless you want to replace me as director, this is what I want to do. 
My uh, yeah, my favorite and, thing that he does is he he comes into these established franchises and just has no reverence for what has been established. And he's like, no, it'll be funnier and therefore better if we do it this way. I and mean, he's the, right. The only thing he wants to do is, in an impish way, make a good movie. Yeah. And in a Marvel movie, it's really easy to do that because the way you can make a good movie in an impish way is to completely disrespect and disregard the lore. Is to exactly. just make make it its own thing. Uh, While emphasizing that at the end of the day, it's fun. Yeah. Because it's goddamn comics. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's I, for children. I, I say alienating the rest of our audience. I mean, comics are great because they're for children. Uh, I, I love comic books. I was looking forward largely to Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness because I thought Sam Raimi's approach would be kind of similar. But like, I think the first 40 minutes of that movie really drag and aren't great. Uh, but the last whatever amount of movie is, is amazing. But Taiko IT gets it. Like From moment yeah. one, he's making a movie that is supposed to be enjoyable to watch. Right. Exactly. Uh, and and yeah. fun and irreverent. And that's why people yeah. love him. And maybe executives should realize they love people who can tell executives no. So maybe they should keep their fucking noses out of everything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, on a rainy day, I will put on Thor Ragnarok because it's just a banger from start to finish. It, it doesn't fail to put me in a good mood. Because you can tell everybody involved is having a like they're they're having the time of their lives. Yeah. And no one's getting bogged down with what they tried to establish with Thor before. And then I think they were right to abandon because I don't think it was working for the most part. I mean, the first two Thor movies are the worst Marvel movies. I mean, I didn't say it. So, I mean, they, they are. Okay. Uh, well, I didn't say it. So, but yes, people fell in love with Taika Waititi because he makes a fun movie. Cause he tries to think of the audience first. Yeah. And then he made Hitler fun. So that's great for some people. Yeah. He was an imaginary Hitler. Yeah. He was an imaginary fun Hitler that he played himself because he didn't want to make anyone else play Hitler. Yeah. And look, it didn't ruin his career at all. Cause look, he's getting a star Wars film. <laughs> Yeah, and, what, and now what he's I'm, kissing, kissing on ladies. He's kissing on ladies. He's directing a Star Wars film. And really, what a good choice, I think, for the next feature film, franchise film. Because uh, whatever he's going to do, you know it's going to be a fresh take on their established stuff. Like, yes. Mandalorian's doing great because it's, it's really like playing into the, the underworld tropes and playing with like there's a lot we've talked about it mandalorian's phenomenal boba fett was okay like they're yeah. they're they're doing good in other areas but now is the time to set the tone for the future of star war if it's gonna have one and yeah i, I think, mean i I, yeah. I totally i i think that the great thing about the mandalorian is it plays in it plays in a field that's unexplored thus things can happen but i think that as things get closer to the like canon center of the star wars universe people get to be very protective about those things it just gets less interesting so yeah. like when you're someone like ryan johnson and you come in there 
and like you want to burn things down, you create an interesting movie. But if you're someone who just wants to like preserve the status quo, not so fun. Yeah, we've seen uh, that. We we saw that with J.J. Abrams and six and nine or whatever the seven and nine map knife. Map knife, exactly. Yeah, we, we saw what preserving the legacy of the past can do. I think it's time. Let's shake things up. Let's let Taika Waititi do what he wants. It would be really. I I honestly wish there was a Lord and Miller cut of Solo because I think that would have been great. Yeah, absolutely. But you know, Kathleen Kennedy cut them, and hopefully, I don't know. But uh, I know one thing that the future of the of the franchise won't include. Mm. And that's my third headline coming from Kathleen Kennedy's uh, recent announcements. Um, Because Lucasfilm is vowing not to recast iconic Star Wars characters after Solo flop, colon, we can't do that. I'm so angry about this. So it seems like they're taking the the wrong lesson out of the flop of Solo. So because Alden Ehrenreich, I feel like did as a good of a job as he could. Like that, he he pulled off a young Harrison Ford. Alden Ehrenreich is so talented. And yeah. I swear to fucking God, he is the only thing about that movie that works. I, I think where they went wrong, it wasn't with the casting. It was nobody wanted a solo origin film. Yeah. Was it the lack of demand? Was it the piss poor writing? <laughs> was it the all over the place direction and visual effects? Yeah. No. Let's blame it on the one guy who worked his ass off to provide the one good thing about this movie and blame it on him and maybe ruin his career. Well, let's hopefully not ruin. Yeah. I mean, hopefully his, his career is not ruined, but I mean, it's not even though the film, the film didn't lose money. Uh, it apparently brought in 392 million, which is, that's, I mean, that's a great number. Uh, uh, but apparently the budget was 300 million. So if you're looking at it and, and from a Disney perspective, that's not what they would call a success. Uh, however, nobody acts for the movie to be made. So they should be happy that they're in the black at all. Yeah. In the red, in the red at all. Wait, which one's good? In black. the black, in the black at all. No, I I totally agree. This this makes me so mad because I resisted watching Solo, a Star Wars story or whatever it's called for so long. Uh because the the narrative I think that a lot of people were latching onto is like, oh, Alden Ehrenreich's like the reason this is not good. Totally wrong. Right. Alden Ehrenreich's the only good part of that fucking movie. He the makes writing, it fun. The, the writing is terrible. That yeah. <laughs> That movie is okay at best, but it is buoyed by Alden Ehrenreich's performance. And the fact that you could then say, oh, we're slavishly going to avoid recasting any of our major characters because of this one actor is so misguided. And it's so cruel to Alden Ehrenreich. And it's short-sighted because, like... I know that we're making an Obi-Wan series and I think Ewan McGregor is probably the right choice for that. But like Star Wars is probably going to continue to exist for 10 to 20 more years. And you seriously have to consider recasting those people. Not to mention they've recast people before in animated projects. Like it wasn't uh, Ewan McGregor voicing Obi-Wan in all of those animated shows. So like, 
They've done it before. They can do it again. That wasn't the lesson. I think the real lesson is for films, stay away from the established stuff and like give us new shit. Yeah, how about make movies people actually want to see? Maybe that should be step number one. Step one. I I guess from an executive standpoint, they're thinking this. We got an established franchise that people want to see. We got a character that you know, test so well, it's going to be great. And we're giving them things they've never seen before. Like this is the, it's essentially going to be a buddy cop movie. Cause we're going to introduce, you know, the Wookiee right away and they're going to team up and they're going to, you know, buddy cop their way through like a major thing. How does this not get butts and seats when the real, the real thing is like, we're you, you potentially just ended your big, feature length big whole franchise we're curious what you're going to do next and you give us a little bit of something nobody wanted because we Mm -hmm. didn't need an origin for solo he 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 comes packaged complete i mean the reason why people liked star wars when it came out in the late 70s was it was something no one had ever seen before yeah and it stayed it stayed in the theaters for years because people would still just be in awe of the special effects and the crazy like advance in filmmaking that was in the movie. I I think the issue people, what people don't get is what people want is new stuff. And that's not just true of star Wars. That's true of it. I mean, I know in the early days of this podcast, we talked about the evils of meta textuality, like the creation of art on the presupposition that people have ingested other pieces of art in this particular canon, but like, it's not what people want to see. No, people want to see new things. And that's kind of all people have ever wanted to see. No one cares about a Han Solo origin story. No, like rogue one was a good movie, but no one cares about the plan to destroy the death star. Make new things. Ryan Johnson made a whole movie about making new things and the worst kind of people hated it. Exactly. Yeah, for for sure. Hold on. All right, Dale, you got to get out. Okay. Sorry, Jamie's getting home. Oh, that's fine. All right. Um, yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Like it, it for the people who like meta contextuality, like you've got a whole franchise for that already. And that's that's Marvel movies. And I guess you had that in the extended Star Wars stuff, but not a lot of that is canon anymore. So I'm the people who own Star Wars are already have already told you, like, quit it. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like absolutely. hands off. It's it's over. You got video games. You got books. That's great. In the movies, we're gonna do our own thing. And like you said, Ryan Johnson, the whole premise of the Last Jedi was like fuck the past, not fuck it, but kill it if you have to. Yeah, the, literally, Ryan Johnson made a movie about how we shouldn't be making movies about the past of Star Wars. Yeah, he he For left sure. like a. Like a like a duelist who you you kill them because you're you, and then they have a note on their body that talks about how wrong you were to kill them. They got the final say. You will yeah. be thinking about it for the rest of your life. Oh yeah, if you strike him down, he'll become more powerful than you could ever right. imagine. 
they struck Ryan Johnson down and he became more powerful than they could possibly imagine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. They proved his goddamn point. I, I Yeah. I mean, as soon as J.J. Abrams started the ninth movie in Fortnite, I think Ryan Johnson's <laughs> point was absolutely made. I, yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it's just – and I think the lesson they should have pulled out was not don't recast past actors because – they're doing it all the time anyway. Like uh, Ashoka, they're not getting the voice actress to play her, you know? Yeah. <laughs> they they cast a new person. So it's like you're already doing not what you're saying. I mean, voice actors get nothing but disrespect anyway, so. Carrie Walgren got to uh, play her character. You're right. That is that is good. Which was the honestly the only good part of that ninth movie. <laughs> yes. But, yeah, it's... Star Wars is so big. Just do something new. Just do something we haven't seen. Don't go to a fucking look, Taika Waititi, if I may call you that. Don't show me any goddamn sand. I don't want to see. Stop going back to fucking Tatooine. I don't want to see a goddamn sand planet. You know what? Go to Corellia. (laughs) Go to somewhere cool and new. What happened to Coruscant? Is that still a place? Coruscant is still new. Yeah, Go I to want Naboo. Coruscant was one of my favorite places because the whole planet is one city. I feel like you could spend years telling stories of that place. Let's, I mean, come on. That seems like fun. Wait, what did they blow up? Alderaan. Don't go to Alderaan. You can, well, uh, go to Coruscant. I don't know if it still exists because I, you know what? I vaguely remember the, uh, the first order blowing up five planets. Oh. Yeah, I don't remember that. I don't I don't care about those movies. Okay. Show me something new. Don't bring me to a goddamn sand, goddamn <laughs> ice, goddamn forest moon. Taika Waititi slash Ryan Johnson. Don't take me to goddamn sand. Don't take me to goddamn sand. I want I want new. I want fresh. Give me a droid protagonist. Show me show me a droid protagonist. Not supporting character, goddammit. Also I really They have lives. That. Really wanted to like the book of Boba Fett, but it had two really good episodes. It had one really good episode. It had one and a half really good episodes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The strongest and thing about And then the one episode yeah. that was really good was just an episode of another show. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it's sad when you have to bring in the better show to prop up your new yeah, show. Book of Boba but Fett was just, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't good. It didn't it make me good. excited. No. You know why? Because show us new shit. We don't want to see the Sarlacc no more. In fact, yeah. we don't want to see Boba Fett anymore. Uh, did anyone ever? Fuck. I mean, as a kid, I liked Boba Fett a lot. So, like, if you told me when I was four that there's a Boba Fett series, I'd be like, sweet. If you told me when I was five and up, I'd be like, no, I don't want that. <laughs> I never even clocked him as, like, a popular character. Like, watching the series the first time, I was like, all oh, right, man. there's some side characters. Oh, he's dead. Man, Boba Fett was so huge. crazy. And then, like, the prequel series, it's like, oh, um, there's a blue one. All right. Okay. Man, oh, they're lingering on this I think child. The, I, think this is, I think this is our biggest, like, generational difference is being yeah. slightly older than you. I remember, like, pre-prequels coming out, everyone was all about Boba Fett. Well, uh, and I, I just, look, my biggest takeaway is a child me, a child Henry – Going through these movies, my favorite character was R2-D2. So, uh, 
my my perception might be skewed. Uh, he's the only pure one. I it was. I just thought he looked cool, and Archie like everyone else, without sin. Everyone else was a human, and I'm like, I've seen humans. <laughs> Once again, show us something new. <laughs> I know what a human is. Like laser swords. I'm like, that part's pretty cool. But then, like, look, I was a kid, and I watched these in the wrong order. R2D2 was like floating around, had like little zappy stick, like was making crazy noises. I'm like, I- I'm having a good time. You know, I I think it makes sense. I could read you as an R2D2 kid. Yeah, C-3PO is fucking stupid, and I hate him. All kids hate British people. <laughs> it's because he was humanoid, I guess. I don't know. Show me something that's not fucking humanoid. I'm tired of humans. Show me something weird. I Show would, me yeah. an Ethorian. It So this star weird. Show me a Rodian. I've got your title, Mr. Watiti. Star weirds. Yeah, Star Weirds, Journey into the Abyss. Journey into Solo. <laughs> journey, into, journey into Solo. We start with a wide shot. It's just Harrison Ford's body laying on the ground. Yeah, not recast. It's Harrison Ford's old 80-year-old body because yeah, just laying recast on the, anything. Yeah, he's been stabbed through. And then uh-huh. we zoom in to like a little, you know, like incredible journey, like mm-hmm, shrunken mm-hmm. ship. Oh, I'm so into this. <laughs> so they gotta go into... Han Solo to retrieve, I don't know, some shit, whatever. Yeah. They gotta retrieve the soul of the franchise. <laughs> totally droid crew, you know. Because 100%, 100% droids. Yeah. All of them have New Zealand accents. Of course, yeah. All of all, them are named Jeef. They're all Kiwis. All yeah. Kiwis. Kiwis to a man. I'm here for it. All right. <laughs> Oh, we talked a lot about movies today. Uh, we did almost entirely, almost entirely movies. Yeah, so Fast and Furious is an it's in some bumpy road, you know. Uh, Chronicles of Riddick, new road, you know. Uh, the lights turning green on you. Yeah, lights turn green on Riddick. It's turning yellow on Fast and Furious. Caution. And uh, full stop red on Star Wars. Yeah, red on Star Wars. Not e- it's it's one of those red lights. It's like it's red, but also the turn right arrow is red. Right. So you don't you you kind of think you can make the right on red, but at the same time you're like, well, can I? Yeah. Well, the the right arrow is red, meaning like you're stopped and you can't even turn right if you wanted to. Well, depending on the state, sometimes the right red arrow means you can do a right on red. Are you kidding me? Depending on the state. Fuck this country. This country is fucked. For other reasons we can't talk about. We can't talk about, but one of the ways in which it's fucked is everything we've talked about today. Yes. Ben Diesel, you are the... No, that's a bad joke. Never mind. I'm censoring myself, John. We love you, Vin Diesel. Please yeah. change your ways. And if you've got something to say, hey, look, we're not on Instagram, but we are on Twitter, Mr. Diesel, if I can call you that. Yeah, Mr. Uh, Vin, Vin number. Vin like number a car, of a car, of a Vehicle car. identification number, Fast yeah. Fast vest, vehicle identification number diesel. Yeah. Is it short for Vincent? Uh, D'Onofrio? Okay. All right. Well, Vin Diesel, if you want to get in contact with us, uh, we have a Twitter. So reach out to us at ZCPCWHJ 
on Twitter.com. And John's going to tell you what that stands for. That's right. That stands for, please just, just bring back the, the magic of the, of the early. We're so sad. We're sad that everyone's upset. Yeah. Just make everyone happy like they were in the old movies when yeah. everyone was innocent. Bring him back, Vin Diesel. Bring him back, Mister Diesel. Back. I kind of want him. I want to force him to watch Fast Five again and be like, "Just do this. Just do this again. Just do this again." Uh, we also have an email, so if you want to send us a longer message that won't fit into 280 characters, you don't feel like hitting the create a thread button because it's confusing. Uh, you can send us an email. To email at zerocredits.net. We patrol that email on a weekly basis. Uh, we're on a number of podcast services and providers. Uh, pick your favorite one. We'll probably be there. But if you could do us a favor and leave us a rating and review on whatever your server of choices or service of choices, we would greatly appreciate it. Uh, we've got a website. Don't know why I'm bringing that up. What's the thing we, I guess, word of the mouth is the only one. I feel like there's something I'm forgetting, Jen. Uh, Twitter. Did it. Email. Did it. Podcast services. Did it. It's word of the mouth. All right. Well, the most important thing you can do is uh, tell a friend or anyone, really, about our podcast. Just let people know what you're listening to. There's a lot of people asking for, for recommendations these days. Why don't you just pop our name into their ears. Uh, Word of the mouth is the only way we can survive. So go ahead and tell people that Zero Credits is a podcast and they talk about what things you are interested in. If people like Star Wars, tell them to listen to this episode. People like Fast and the Furious. Every episode has Fast and the Furious news. Uh, if If your friends like high quality discussions about whether or not uh, television can exist anymore. We've got episodes for that too. Uh, tell people to listen to us and we will reward you with more of our content. That's right. It's a self-perpetuating system. We're going to keep talking no matter what, but if you find us, we're going to keep talking. So, you know, the longer we keep talking, if you haven't found something in the last 260 plus episodes that you're interested in, we'll talk about it eventually. Basket weaving, Sure. We'll talk about those those dolls you can marry. We'll we'll talk about VTubers. We'll talk about it all. We'll talk about it all, baby, just for you. Just for you. Eventually, you just got to keep listening, baby. We'll talk about VTubers. What's a VTuber? Henry? What the fuck is a VTuber? Isn't a VTuber like an anime? I You're asking the wrong person, John. You're tuned into this stuff. I am not. VTuber? That is a new one. You gotta look. Th- you gotta look at. You gotta look this up. V two for everybody. I'm afraid to. Uh, is that an incognito window thing? Uh, open it and duck, duck, go. And from <laughs> everyone here at the uh, zero credits anonymous web search, sir, everyone should really invest in a VPN. You don't know what they're tracking. You don't know what they're tracking. Studios. We would like to wish you. Uh, happy week. And a goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, but live in silence when browsing the internet.
<laughs> but move in silence when browsing the internet. Honestly, dude, the longer I work in tech, the more I uh, am, am happy for VPNs and DuckDuckGo and just generally things that obfuscate the data that you blast out on every website you visit. Yeah, I, I'm too lazy and VPNs slow down my, my hyper fast speed connections. So, you know. Yeah, but how I torrent? <laughs> I don't. I don't. I'm, you don't torrent? Not anymore. I got Netflix. It's I'm, I'm not... thinking about canceling Netflix and buying a NAS box. D- 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 don't record this. 